day, and welcome to Healing in the Afterloss. This is a show about coming to a place of peace and healing after loss. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my honor and privilege to be co-hosting the show with Benjamin Allen, my friend, a brilliant writer, a gifted speaker, and an amazing human being. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Deborah? I'm very well as well. And today we're going to talk about something that's kind of off of our norm, I would say. You know, we've we've covered so many topics. It's unbelievable um, to to think that we can think of one more. (laughs) But you know what? Loss is a big subject, isn't it? It is. It is. It, it it touches every fabric of our lives and and is a part of everything that we do when we encounter loss. So you know nothing is uh, off limits when it comes to loss because it's all there. Exactly. So I thought for today, if we talk about something that happens, maybe at various points in the life cycle, uh, maybe it's something that happens um, uh, when you're a child and then it affects how you are later as an adult but when when there's loss of innocence loss of trust loss of confidence and maybe even loss of comfort at various points in the life cycle um, the impact is who knows you know how deep how broad and how wide-ranging so I kind of wanted to to just kind of see where this goes Um, when, when I say loss of innocence I'm talking about Maybe a situation where um, a child has to grow up too fast. You know, they they see something terrible happen to their parents, or maybe they're you know in a bank when the bank is being robbed, and whatever they thought prior to that moment is changed forever. They are no longer innocent. So that's 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 kind of sad in some ways when that happens so early in life, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it it happens all through life, and for many, tragically, it happens in childhood, early childhood, and that it's really the the shifting of the paradigm, uh, you know, shifting of a belief system, shifting of a perception that that is is altering, uh, life altering, and that in many ways uh, that take place, and that is a sense of loss. Uh, whether it's innocence or whether it's that perception, but there's that there is something in this there's a shift that takes place that that alters everything. So yeah, that that is a sense of loss. That is a sense of, of a change that takes place, and uh, whether it be in a traumatic experience or just growing up, finding out that Santa Claus isn't real, finding out. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. Exactly. <laughs> but, but but that's a very good example. Think about what, uh, you know, some children, like my grandchildren, are. Um, they're going to be nine and six, um, February and March, their, their birthdays. And mm-hmm. the nine-year-old is still all on board with... Um, with Santa Claus and the elf that comes for 12 nights and um, the, the the parents move the elf in various places so that they find this little stuffed elf and cute little things, you know, cute doing funny <laughs> things. And, 
And when they came to our house during that 12-day period, they had the elf, you know, we had to hide the elf after they went to bed, and then they got up and found the elf. Now, my 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 granddaughter Reese, who's going to be nine, is a gifted. You know, she's very gifted and you know very highly intelligent. She's going to be pissed off. <laughs> she's going to be like, "Wait a minute, you made a fool of me." <laughs> so I think how you unwind that that very thing, you know, and how you explain to children and and to ourselves when the innocence is lost, you know. Uh, I know that there are things that have happened in my life where I was I was like uh, that is not what I thought going in that you know I was innocent I did not know that was going to be like that I have a good example I can give you um, okay <clears throat> there was a um, a time that I was kind of being groomed to lead a women's organization of about sixteen hundred women in California and I was standing for election. And I started to hear rumblings from the people who had been in office, kind of the rules, kind of the underbelly of how this all works. And this is a women's organization, you know, where it's about the best for women. And -hmm. what they were saying was not the best for women. (laughs) It was not, you know, what I would have thought, given the message of the group, that they would be saying, you know, like, they weren't suggesting that the, the the opponents be killed or anything, but well, oh my goodness, it, it was it was shocking to me. And then I realized that my confidence in that group shifted, my trust level shifted. So my loss of innocence set up some different feelings about the group you know and about the mission and about what I what I now know not to be so true Has that ever happened mm-hmm. to you uh yeah <laughs> it happens all <laughs> the think? time it, yeah <laughs> it ha- it happens all the time and it really is about setting up for me that perception that it's it's supposed to look this way and and I have that understanding that that this is the reality and and the reality is different and you know that it really it the the it happened in childhood and it happened uh in dramatic ways it was not an easy childhood that i went through but as you were speaking i was reflecting on i didn't know any different and that was you know that this when i look back and go oh this was ugly and awful uh i didn't see ugly and awful at that time uh because i had nothing to contrast it with and so and when you're talking about innocence and the loss of confidence and the loss of a we have perceptions that need something to be contrasted with that that shifts that and that is an it's an interesting dynamic of of you know when i look back and i see what a normal healthy childhood is and i look back at my own i'm going well this wasn't so but in the midst of it it was like, oh, I guess everybody goes through this. And so there, there's an interesting part of that innocent element. And, and I, the trust and confidence are two different issues that, with that. But the, the, the innocence itself that, that you, you wanted to, to talk about to me is, is, is having two uh, separate perceptions, one perception being shattered and another perception coming into being. And so there's that sense of, 
of contrast that can take place. And I, I had for me, and, 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 you know, when we got the call about from the blood bank that uh, Lydia had been uh, infected with the HIV and, and Matt was two years old and Brian had just been born, and all of that loss of innocence, loss of belief, loss of, of, of everything was up in the air. Everything was shattered. The loss that took place when each of them died was began actually, uh, and maybe even before this, but the most uh, prevalent time that it comes to mind is that phone call. Is it saying you, you all need to get tested? because the donor uh, has died of, uh, of AIDS. And so then we got tested, and then everything was shattered. Lost the job at the church that I was working at, had to move in the night. You know, run, basically our records, uh, Lydia's records were spread around the hospital with her name on it, and this was a time when, you know, all of that. And, and the church basically said, go away, you're, you're fired. And uh, all of that you know, was a crumbling of that innocence that if I, and this, and our, our, it's interesting when you talk about innocence, it just it struck me that, that when we look at innocence, we look, it, it would be important for me to look within my own belief system. And my belief system, my ideas at that moment were you just do your best, you, you give to life, you be of service, and everything works out. And guess what? It didn't. <laughs> you know, it, it it pretty much crumbled. And so innocence has to do a lot with what we believe to be innocent, what we believe to be. And it, it's not a naivety. It's just a lack of of uh, the expanse of, of all the elements that go on in, in that moment and in life. So that's interesting. And then trust and confidence are, are different. For me, the uh, in my experience, the, the trust, I certainly lost my trust, and I certainly lost my confidence in, in what I believe my religious upbringing was, my you know, sense of, of safety, my sense of, of right and wrong. And that's another thing, you know, when you think about it, you know, there's a, there's a high level of, of uh, right and wrong in innocence. This... You know, innocence is right, and then the the crumbling, and then this is wrong. And I had to work through that. I had to work through all of my belief system when everything crumbled. And the way you describe it as within innocence is an interesting perspective. And you know, there, I you know, I just certainly did not see the life that was going to unfold coming, and it and it hit me head on. Well, it seems to me that what you're talking about when the phone call came is that shattering of innocence in the moment. And mm-hmm. what you describe about your childhood and realizing in the in the present now that it wasn't that great, that's almost like <laughs> a retroactive loss. I've never yeah, heard yeah. of that before. Have you ever had a had a concept of retroactive loss, but even a retrospective loss, because I know that women who um, decided in the 70s that they were no longer going to 
succumb to their husband's will at you know every moment. I know my mother went through a period where she decided to stop walking ten paces behind. Not that she ever did physically, but mentally she did. And wow. sort of like the women's the women's movement gave her um, that <clears throat> that permission that she needed to to shatter in the moment <laughs> um, the relationship she had with my father, the way they the way they they were with each other about stuff. And she had a retroactive, um, uh, what's the word I want? She was mad at him for things that happened 20 and 30 years prior because of what she learned should have been the way it was in the moment. Does that mm, make sense? So yeah. there was a retroactive pissed off, you know, retroactive loss that she was experiencing. I think there's something here in, t- in this little retroactive loss thing. Well, for me, grief is not linear in any way, shape, or form. And what happens in, in the, the grieving process that I go through and have gone through is that it does encapsulate all of my life. And there is that retracing of uh, elements of, of, you know, where was the scene of the crime? Where did I learn this belief? Where did I take mm-hmm. on this? And and there is that sense of how in grief all the emotions are there, you know, whether it's anger, whether it's relief, whether it's gratitude, whether you know, and they're all they all show up in one form or another if we don't get stuck in it. And that's what I have, I, you know, I, I encourage people to do is keep those emotions fluid. And when I was in anger, I was in anger, and I would lean into it, and I would explore it, and I would stay with it until it took me to a place of healing. And that's where in the in grief, it is not something that's linear. It's not something that has a a, a certain you know fill in the blank kind of thing. There's not a you know a color by numbers kind of mentality to it. It is a sense of I will follow this feeling, I will follow this thought wherever it takes me. And what I and, and the image that I use all the time for me is that, like rivers, rivers that flow into the ocean. If I if the river keeps moving, ultimately I will flow into healing. And and that is a, a very important perspective for me, no matter how painful it gets, no matter how you know, difficult or it feels stagnant. It feels like I'm stuck. But if I lean into it, I'm not stuck. It will it will ultimately move. And if I am stuck, I feel stuck at that moment, then there's something for me to look at and deeper in that experience. So the grief is when you have that retroactive uh, loss, uh, to me, uh, wait just a second here. I don't know what to do with this thing. Somebody's calling in, but I have no idea. My apologies. Uh, the uh, but the, the retroactive uh, loss is really for me a, a, an element of loss itself. That when I, I'm in loss in that moment, I'm in loss in, in a lot of different layers of life. But I'm also in loss, and the need to go back to those moments and and deal with those uh, to find where they're going to take me. So. 
Well, I like that retracing the scene of the crime as a uh, <clears throat> as kind of a metaphor <laughs> for yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, something that's not linear, and yet you're willing to at least say you, you you know you can you can see that there is a point in time that is not right now, you know, so you can retrace. Uh-huh. So I, I I get that, but I love the part about staying fluid, and what it reminds mm. me of for myself is <clears throat> I've had plenty of things happen to me that um, I would like to put in somebody else's memory bank. <laughs> I don't want to remember them myself sometimes. But they're also the things that made me who I am. So that whole making lemons out of, I mean, making lemonade out of lemons, you know, that's fluid. That's very, um, uh, you know, moving it along. In other words, it's not it's not lumps in your throat. It's just keep moving, keep it, keep it all going and flowing. And, you know, I try not to be attached to certain things because if I, if I did what I used to do, which is very, um, uh, some kind of rigidity or, uh, you know, stuckness like you're talking about, that's when I'm not happy. I can't, I can't, um, I can't lean into anything. I can't lean into joy. I can't lean into anything. If I am, in either self-judgment, self-criticism, um, disgust, you know, rage, all that nasty stuff. So I I press my lemons almost immediately into lemonade. Hmm. Yeah. The the the. Oh, what you, what you mentioned uh, about all those elements. I was thinking there's a difference between pushing away and embracing and letting go. And, you know, there is that fluidity of running away from those emotions, but those emotions don't go away. Those emotions do not transform into healing. They just, you know, nip at our heels as we go through the day and and sometimes bite pretty hard. But the and that's when I'm pushing away something. And the leaning into it is not like holding on to something. It is it is letting it be what it needs to be in a kind of a detachment and, and, and honoring and letting it go. Oh, yes, I'm angry. And so I sit with that anger until it's time to let it go. It's like I sit with that. You know, as you called it the nasty stuff. And to me, those aren't nasty things. Those aren't, it's not good or bad. It's just part of my cleaning out the debris that has has collected in my uh spirit so I can be aligned and, and touched by a greater spirit and a greater healing. And so I don't see those as negative. I see those as I see them as uh, obstructions and obstacles in my way, but not uh and, but I see them also as there to guide me on my way. And so they could be either a road map or they could be either, a, you know, a boulder in the, in the path, you know. But uh, so it is about, you know, in grief, I just wanted, and in loss, there are many times I just did not want to feel. And there were many times where I was just so numb and so paralyzed and and so uh, uh, incapacitated that there was no movement. But in that, just laying in that, and literally laying in that, then movement would come. But if I tried to push all those things away or or run away from it, 
I was going in the wrong direction. And so, and, you know, as we, as we circle back around, you know, to innocence, what I've been reflecting on since the beginning of this conversation is that innocence for me is not looking back to a time when I didn't have that belief when it, before my life was shattered. You know, that, that idyllic time of Ozzy and Harriet or wherever, uh, maybe that's my generation, not the younger. Uh, but the uh, but that kind of nostalgic look back is not what you know. Reaching back for that is not what innocence is for me. And I I look at innocence as I I am still and it can be in an innocent state. And that innocent state is that trust and confidence and and peace in this moment in the midst of all that has been lost. And so I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's not about trying to reach back. I'll never have my family back, but I have a relationship with my family today that is different. That's not in a physical realm, but they're always with me. And that kind of innocence, that kind of connectedness is, 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 is really a part of how do I nurture love? You know, and, and love is the ultimate for me in, in the the innocence. And I was I was dealing with something this morning and, and an emotion that was that I wanted to just release and just say, Thank you for being here. You can leave now if you want, you know, kind of thing. And and I was there there was a phrase that I used in this kind of inner uh, dynamic and I said, I release you in love into love. And that was a very powerful, and that's always been a very powerful experience for me. That this was a, a, an obstruction, a blockage within within me, and a, an emotion that came up, and it was okay. I just honored it, and I said, "I release you. Thank you for being here and showing me what I need to see. But I release you in love, into love, into that greater realm." And so that that. Uh, and that, to me, is being able to still embrace the innocence of life itself. Uh, that and and a, a larger context of of healing. Well, that's why you wrote <coughs> the book. <coughs> Excuse me. That's why you wrote the book, Out of the Ashes: Healing and the Afterloss, is because you have a way of putting that for others to reflect upon and say, I can use all of that or I can use part of that or I can try that on. I learn something from you every time we have a conversation because we're clearly, you know, from two different kinds of life, I'm sure. You know, I'm a, I'm a woman, mm. you're a man. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, we are, uh, it's just that's enough right there to be, you know, very different from one another. But um, I like that. I release you in love into love. And that sounds fluid too, doesn't it? It's very fluid. And and and, and the beginning of that fluidity is to embrace what I needed to do was embrace that moment, that experience, that feeling and say it's okay. You know, thank you. Thank you for being here. It wasn't easy, it wasn't pleasant, it wasn't like, oh, this is this is a wonderful feeling. It was a feeling that brought out other feelings as as they do, 
But it was just leaning into it and say, okay, I'm here. I'm not running away. I'm not pushing this away in any way, shape, or form. Thank you. And I believe that it's time to release you. And it was an old... My feelings are tied to my beliefs, and my beliefs are tied to, you know, everything. And, And it's also, it creates my experience. And my experience this morning... In that, in that dynamic, was uh, one of, of peace in the midst of, of some unpleasant feelings. And it's one thing I've learned in life and in grief that 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 I can have more than one emotion, more than one feeling uh, at a at a time. I can be in peace, and I can I can hurt. I can be in this sense of of, of connectedness. With with spirit and and feel all alone, you know. I can do, you know, and to have that that I, nothing it lives in isolation. And so when I am moving in that sense of, of okay, I'm just going to embrace what shows up. What shows up ultimately turns into that that love that I can release whatever I'm in in love into love if I just lean into it and stay with it. And, you know, so many people that I work with want to just stop that feeling, but that feeling won't stop. Once it stops the hurt, and in my experience, that hurt doesn't stop. You know, I still carry that hurt. I still carry the loss of the ones that I love. I mean, I can, I'm almost into tears right now because I, I can cry in a nanosecond. You know, when I think about uh, what's what's gone and what's not here, but I can also sit in a, in, a, in a state of gratitude of what is here, what I do have, what the connection I still have, the, the connection and expanse of life I still have, the the ability to still love and not to shut down. You know that, that I'm so grateful for that, but. It took a long time. There's no way around it. There's only getting going through it. And and so I've gone through a lot, but I've come to a place to where I can hold all of what I'm feeling at one time. And that's what that's what healing is. Healing is not getting over my pain. Healing is finding peace with this pain. That's that's very different. I don't know I don't like it when people talk about you get over your grief, you know, get over your loss, go on. There is a sense of there is a going on, but it's a going on in a different relationship to life. And and that in my experience it's not leaving something behind but incorporating and embracing that into the greater context of love, uh, through some very painful experiences and to be able to hold all of me in this moment, uh, all of what I'm feeling is is what healing is about. Healing is, is not tearing away a part of me and pushing it away. Like, oh, to not think about my son, that's impossible. You know, to not go through a day without uh, thinking this is impossible. You know, so, uh, but I've learned how to live in gratitude uh, in the midst of loss, and to live in peace, 
And that's that's important. That's you. Well, <clears throat> what I know is that you have done so much inner reflection. I wanted to use the word work. I don't know if that resonates for you, but you've certainly worked hard at at this. I mean, you, you had you would have had the right, from my standpoint, looking in at you, to just say, "Screw it! I I can't get there from here. I I'm going to just be a puddle, and that's it. I don't care." But you didn't do that. Well, I so did. Is, I is did. it work? I was a is puddle. It, <laughs> but it was work, wasn't it? You didn't just um you didn't just wake up one day and go, "Okay, today, you know, I'm I'm off it and uh I, you know, and I'm on this new path and everything is groovy." It wasn't like that. It's and it's constant, isn't it? True. And and it is what it is, I, you know, work is is a, is a good term, you know, they call it grief work. Uh, it's it's not a term I use a lot, but that that certainly is appropriate. I mean, we we as a collective is chosen that to be a part of the perception but for me it was about i i chose and 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 it, it really is a choice to in this leaning in but i chose with intentionality to place my awareness on whatever i i was feeling that i would not turn away from it and that that's a choice that i made and that and looking at loss and say, you know, whatever shows up, I will, by intentionality, show up for it. And that has taken me to a lot of painful places, a lot of beautiful places, uh, the ups and downs of life. The, You know, there has been this, it, it has not been easy. And it, it isn't easy on a daily basis. But it has been my commitment to say I will not relinquish love. I will not turn away. I will not freeze my heart. I will not push life away. I will do my best to to embrace what whatever is here, and uh, and that's really what the book is about. Is that that embracing whatever showed up and 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 sometimes it's not pretty sometimes that there's some incredibly beautiful experiences there but it it is about um how we show up how we show up and you know coming back to your word that we started with we show up or i will let me speak for myself i show up with innocence and and so it's not looking back. That's what I was trying to say earlier. It's not looking back in nostalgia. It's showing up in this moment in innocence, saying, I, I will not put preconceived notions on this moment, and I will show up without judgment, without right, wrong, without all that, just to say what is is, and I will show up with this moment in innocence, what is it that I'm here to experience? And that's the very, very, very core of my being is to is to not relinquish the innocence of, of love and the, the innocence of life, uh, no matter what, and to show up 
in this moment, in that state, to say, you know, okay, this hurts. I am not going to contract and and to block anything is is my goal in life is to say, okay, I've been hit with a lot of stuff and I've, I've, I sit with people all the time. They've been hit with a lot of stuff. And what I want to do is to hold the space for them to say, it's okay. You know, do not lose your love in the midst of all this hurt and anger and sometimes hate. There was a, I had to look at my hate. I hated a lot of things in my life. And, and they were ugly. I don't know if I would use the word nasty, but they were ugly. <laughs> there's, there's, there's that ugly part that that is that I needed to address, not in judgment, not in in in, in those senses of uh, I didn't want to lose my innocence for saying this is wrong. You know, you know, Santa Claus is dead. Go on with life. No, this is this is about just being real. And I tell you, what what shows up in that experience is phenomenal. The ugly parts, the beautiful parts, and see, part of my my belief and my experience is we live in layers. Every moment is layered, and how, you know how deep do I want to go in this moment? And when I lean into that layer, then I find it being transformed into layers and layers and layers into. The, into the depths of life, and, and in the very core of that is love, and 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 the, the journey is love. If I choose to open to that in my innocence, and not to not to tear it down with all the pain, saying this is wrong, this is this is awful. I don't. I you know the closing down. I am I am in more pain by my resistance than in my willingness to lean into the pain that that creates more. And so I resist nothing because I know the futility of it. Tried. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Didn't work. That was awesome. No, really, that was great. Now, when you were talking about the, the concept of turning away and looking back nostalgically to a time that was, it reminds me of a um, a passage in the book where you were talking about an experience you had um, walking through a, I believe it was a refugee camp in Thailand. Right. And, yeah. and those people were living in the time that was, weren't they? I mean, they were definitely um, not living in the moment. Well, that's true. They were living in, in, and and I could relate to that. And that they really taught me a lot of what I wanted and what I was was holding me back and what was all this. But what it was was Rachel, uh, my wife. We we had just met at that point, and she was working in uh, with some refugees up in the border of uh, Burma, Myanmar, but Burma and the and. Um, Thailand, and these were the Karen people, and these the Karen were a part of the uh, Miramar government's uh, attempt to of extermination. They wanted to get rid of all of them, and uh, so there was a there was a whole 
group in this village in this mountain, and and they live in Thailand, which is 30 minutes different time-wise, the way they keep time, 30 minutes different from Burma, which was not that far away, just over the border. But they kept all of their time and our, our scheduled meetings together and all that on Burmese time. And when I was, and, and this was like at the beginnings of, of my, a couple of years after the loss of Matt, the last one of my family to die. So this was really an intense time for me. And I was sitting there, I knew their kind of grief. I knew their kind of loss. I knew their their lack of roots into into the the earth that they wanted to that they once you know occupied and and that groundlessness and I and I watched them and in their own grief holding to that space saying we we still belong there and I watched what I held on to and uh and it really brought me into a time of reflection you know the 30 minutes difference you know the, and that my life in the grief, and it still is today. It's not like, you know, that's why when people say get over something, they talk about this over stuff like there's some, you know, line in the sand that you step over and or you just you stop. And, and there, there's no such thing as an over for me because I still, still look at this stuff of the 30-minute separation from this moment. That I, I believe, you know, that in my experience has been how do I wed what has happened in my life to what is happening, you know, and, and that that's a continual incorporation of and a harmonization of different worlds that, that I live in is that, you know, that that's part of that embrace of love. It's not clinging to my children or to my first wife. It is it is an embrace and incorporation of the beauty of their lives and my life that I carry in this moment. But there is that sense of, you know, past, present and future finding a little uh, a little murky. So, you know, that that is how people can get stuck in that nostalgia of what was is because in my opinion the pain of what is right now is just so overwhelming. They can't be here now. So being where it was in that idyllic innocence of that time that, that we perceive it to be uh, is, is more inviting. So part of the grief work, you know, you, you know that what I talk about is that, and this is very important to me and my my experience is the reintegration of life. Grief is actually a reintegration of, of, of what, when when someone dies that I am very close to, a part of me goes with them and a part of them stays with me. And so there's this whole reintegration of who I am in relation to the, the person that has died, what's gone, what's what's come back, and, and who am I now to the relationship to the world around me and to the relationship to the world within me. So that's what grief is, is that reintegration process of a new way of relating to everything. As we talked about at the very beginning, this loss touches everything. And my loss has, has 
shaded and colored and 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 brought into the expanse of life as well as the pain of life and and that's the reintegration process and so when I am living in those two different worlds of of that thirty minutes away kind of of uh, metaphor, that's an indication to me that that I need to sit with this and let these worlds come together again. And our society tells us, no, you need to push, you know, throw, you know, stop that thinking, push that world away. You're in this world. There is no this world and that world. There's only this world, and that incorporates that 30 minutes away. So that that distinction and uh, delineation of, of what was and what is 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 a false distinction. It, it, it is a evolving experience for me to relate to the ones I love that have died, because we we're in that lifetime reintegration process of of a new way of relating. Uh, but uh, it, it's ongoing. There's no over. There's only in. And that goes back to the, the you know, how far in do you want to go? If you're talking about living in layers, how deep do you want to go with the ultimate layer being pure love? And yeah. and so what I'm getting from what we're saying what you're saying is that we do well to be in the moment, which is non linear and that the pain and the joy and the love and the innocence are all part of the package. Maybe you exactly. don't even want to call it a package because that's... I like that. Got... I, I like that because I always say life is a package tour. you got to take oh. all of it. Good. <laughs> all right, good. And yeah, if you're 30 yeah. minutes from Burma, then uh, <laughs> you're late. <laughs> that's right. That's well, right. you know, that 30 minutes from Burma thinking... Um, kind of reminds me of people who say, well, back in my day, you know, we didn't do yada, 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 and they they are very disturbed by the current either, you know, way things are done. I mean, you know, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me, older people, older than we are, because we're, we're, we're hip, you know, hip and cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I think about Instagram and um, and Tumblr and some other things that I don't mess with. I know what they uh, are, but I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm not getting involved in Instagram. Don't make me go there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because back in my day, we didn't have all that stuff. But that's kind of some 30 minutes from Burma thinking too. Is is um, if you hearken back to the days when it was this way or that way, and you're not comfortable in the present. Yeah. You know that's well, that's a well, sad that's a sad state of affairs. Well, we, that's the pain of living in contrast rather than connection. And, and, and the, you know, there, there's, because when I'm connected to all of me, there is no contrast to what was and what is. There, there is the incorporation of that. So living in contrast rather than incorporation is where pain comes. Is if I look back and I yearn for that, time i i am in deep deep gratitude for the lives of, of lydia and matt and brian my mother my brother the friends that i've lost you know all of those things i they are still a part of me there is not 
And so our society and the way they deal with grief is it, 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 it sets up that paradigm of contrast that, okay, that's over, that's done. No, it's not done. It, it's still evolving. And so this living in contrast creates our pain uh, rather than living in incorporation and the reintegration into relationship that is evolving, that changes. So when we live in that nostalgia, we're living in, you know, that dividing line of what was and what is. And that's where the pain comes. Not all of it. I mean, the pain comes in incorporation as well, you know, there's, but it's a different way of relating to it. Pain is pain. And loss creates, a, you know, or has a lot of pain involved in the and its dynamic. And uh, it's just how do we relate to that? How do we embrace? How do what paradigm do we use? You know, is innocence a, a past experience or is innocence in this moment? And I believe innocence is in this moment. Well, I would like to say that when we started this, I did not expect to get here to what you just <laughs> said that innocence is in the moment. But I am barely I'm feeling very empowered by that. Because I like the idea of being innocent at age 61 and change. I like the idea of the layers of my life being you know, well integrated with, with the family members I've lost and the pets that I've lost and the things that have happened to me that were lost, you know, jobs and relationships and husbands and whatever, you know, all of it. Because right. it really yeah. has brought me to where I am right this minute and I think the innocence probably for me is the joy about what's coming next. I know we're supposed to we're just talking about staying in the moment, but I'm happy because I still have tomorrows. I hope. I hope I have lots of them. But even if I don't, I'm cool. I'm I'm good, you know, I'm good. I this is good. Does that that's make sense? interesting. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm 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 happy that, that you feel that way and that that's a, a, a we're out of time, but there's that's another conversation of where the moment leads us, and not just from where the moment has the, has the past has brought us to this moment, but where the moment leads us when we're in that place of healing, and that is a, that's a different conversation for another time. But innocence is very much a part of that that unfolding, so we won't go into that now because. We're, we're, well, our we can, time is up, but yeah, we can certainly uh, table that for the next time then, because it's almost a a dichotomy in, in a way. You know, you're saying in the moment, and yet, and yet you're then saying where the moment leads you. So, you right. know, well, I'm, in I'm interested to in, hear that. Yeah. In the in the book, I use this a lot. Uh, somebody says, "Oh, you use it too much," and all of that, whatever, whatever. It's my book, but. Uh, I capitalize moment in the book, as you well know, and that, uh, that, that when I capitalize moment, that is past, present, and future. So there is, their moment is not defined by linear understanding, nor is it, nor is it uh, stuck in being in just present tense. So, so when we, and so innocence and all of that and that dynamic, so moment is, is more than just this second. It, 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 it encapsulates everything. But that's another conversation yes. for another time. 
Let's do that next time. <laughs> so why don't we, uh, my gosh, you know, a moment is uh, when we start capitalizing words like that, and then, we're, then we've got to be serious, and we can't just, you know, do it in a quick one minute. Uh, we got to get, we've got to do it for our hour. So uh, next time. So tell people how they can get hold of you or your, your book or um, your, your Facebook, which is a huge, wonderful community that you've made uh, happen for people. So tell us about that, and then we'll sign off. Okay. The uh, the Facebook page is uh, <clears throat> grief, uh, healing, uh, grief and Healing in the After Loss. Uh, and the website is called theafterloss.com, and that's where you can get the book. You can also get the book on Amazon. There's some blogs there, and there's some other things. But And then the book itself is called Out of the Ashes, Healing in the after loss. And I have um, made the link inside the um, the description of the show. You know, if, if somebody's on the show page here, um, that link is a hot link to your website, and the book is available at that link. So I highly recommend that people um, read Je- uh, Benjamin's book. It is about profound loss and forging a new path after his loved ones died, and it is all about this leaning into loss, um, the fact that Benjamin believes that there's a unique process of healing that finds its own time and rhythm. And I think you can tell from what we've been talking about today that um, you're quite a teacher, Benjamin. You're quite a teacher. Thank you. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate that, Deborah. And I appreciate you bringing this show to life. And, uh, and thank you. Absolutely. Well, that's our going out music, and thank you so much for being with us today. And until next time, stay in the moment. That's the best place to be. Bye-bye now.